0: Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She's Her accolades are, are long, so bear with me. She's an Olympic champion, a world champion, Pan Pacific champion, eight-time Commonwealth Games champion. Uh, she's won basically every major meet there is to win. Uh, and she's still kicking. She's in top form right now. Coming to us from Brisbane, Australia. Today, we've got Emma McKeon. Thanks
1: for
0: having me on. You're coming off of the Queensland Championships, where, uh, among other swims, you dropped a 56, 600 meter fly and a 52, 400 meter freestyle. Um, Tell me about that meet. How did you feel heading into it? And did you have any expectations?
1: Um, Heading into it, I wasn't really feeling anything special or anything like that. I was just training like normal. Um, And I mean, we've been pretty lucky over here to not really have, well, especially in Queensland to not really have too many complications with um, um, lockdowns and quarantines anymore. So um, we've been pretty lucky to be able to just keep training like normal. So, um, yeah, I just kind of went into it just training like normal. Um, and I wasn't expecting to swim that quick, um, especially my 100 free. I wasn't expecting to swim that quick. But 100 fly, I kind of wanted to be around there because I wanted to kind of swim the similar time to what I was swimming in March of last year at our New South Wales State Champs. So, um, yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, And I think it kind of just showed where I was at back then for how I swam in December because, um, as I said, I wasn't really feeling anything, like, too special. So I think it just shows, like, I was preparing quite well. So um, it makes me pretty confident with how I'm preparing at the moment still.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was in December, and November, you all had a few meets, and it was certainly exciting to to see the Australian contingent racing again, obviously we didn't get to see you guys perform in ISL, uh, this year, which was a bummer. W- what is, what is the lockdown situation been like for you? You said it hasn't been too bad lately. Uh, did you have a chunk where you were out of the pool?
1: Yeah. So when, um, back in March when Olympics was postponed, that's kind of when we all stopped swimming and, um, I went back home to Wollongong, which is where I grew up and where my family all is. So, We were in lockdown down there for a while um, and I kind of just did my own thing, which was nice as kind of like a break and a refresh, Um, just did different kinds of exercising, like running and um, kind of just made up my own thing, which I really liked doing um, at the time. So it was good for a little bit, but since probably June, July, we've been back into it. So um, yeah, we have been lucky over here.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you said you went back home, <clears throat> spent some time with your family. Um, obviously, your brother, David McKeon, also an Olympian. So I'm, I'm assuming your family is just uber athletic. Uh, you said you guys run. Did you grow up playing a lot of different sports or doing a lot of different athletic kinds of things?
1: Um, growing up just through school, I kind of tried everything um, like basketball. I did a bit of dancing and Tried to play soccer and all of that kind of stuff um, in school. wasn't too good at it, but um, I did enjoy doing other stuff. I didn't like just um, only doing swimming growing up.
0: Okay. Was there a certain age where you said, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna just stick to swimming"?
1: Um, probably around sixteen, I think, is when I stopped doing other things. Um, but not because I had to or anything like that. I think it kind of just fell that way. Um, so yeah, I did enjoy doing other things. I think it just, I got tired doing too much, but, um, yeah.
0: That makes sense. I think, I, I feel like in the U S there gets, usually around that age, uh, 14 to 16, it's kind of like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's it's kind of time to pick one or the other, which one do you want to get serious about? Um, but it's, it sounds like you didn't have that pressure, which I, I feel like is kind of nice. Um, like you said, you can yeah. reach that on your own.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like you need to pick one and which one are you are going to be serious about? It wasn't anything like that. Um, Cause it's never been like, what sport do you want to be serious about? It's kind of just gone the way it has naturally, I think. Um, and as I said, I enjoyed doing other things. I found that um, more like, uh social thing and making friends and just doing other sports with my friends from school and things like that so um yeah it wasn't about pick which one you want to be serious about because i think that is a bit young to kind of go full on serious about a sport especially something like swimming where it you do need to do it like every day of the week <laughs> so like once you get older um that's kind of when you can go in that direction i think
0: yeah So, sorry, hopping back to the quarantine when, when you were kind of doing your own thing, um, my, I was trying to get at this before, uh, was your fan, were you working out with members of your family? Does your family still stay pretty active or were you doing a lot of these things solo?
1: Um, no, not solo. Um, did it with my brother and sister. Um, so they're both pretty active. Obviously David's active, because he was training for the Olympics as well. So, um, yeah, it was good to have them doing it with me and kind of made it a bit more enjoyable because, um, I mean, I think doing it on my own, I wouldn't have been very motivated.
0: <laughs> was Did you have a favorite thing that you guys got to do as, as siblings?
1: Um, we just kind of made up random workouts. Like with whatever equipment we had, we just kind of made up a circuit or something like that, um, which was good just like to i mean it was good to keep fit and strong and everything but it was more about just having something to do just set aside like an hour or something a day and just kind of make something up to keep active and keep our minds active and things
0: yeah so did you ever get in the water during those uh, what was it about you know two or three month period um did you have pools? Did you go to the ocean? Did you have lakes? Uh, was there water access at all for you?
1: Yeah, we um, were swimming in the lake down at Lake Controla, which is like about an hour and a half south of Wollongong. So we spent a lot of time down there as a family. So um, had the wetsuits on and swimming in the lake a little bit. Um, and then uh, we got back in the pool. My parents have a swim school. So um we could swim there from about June I think it was or I can't really remember it's kind of all blurred into one but around June we kind of got back in there and started doing a little bit of swimming but not much considering like we knew it was still like going to be a long time until um Olympics 2021 so you kind of even though you want to get back in and want to start pushing again you kind of have to be smart about it and um know when's the right time because it was it's still like well not now but it was back then like it was still a long time
0: definitely it's it's crazy that we're already like this is the year it's the olympic yeah. year again <laughs> yeah uh okay. you mentioned your parents had a swim school did they always have that like it even when you were growing up
1: yeah from i don't know from when they started but like all through my childhood and everything they had the swim school so I think that's kind of how I, cause I spent a lot of time just playing in the pool. So like if they were working on weekends or something like I'd, me and David and Caitlin would just be down there just playing in the pool. So that's kind of how I um, probably fell in love with swimming and the social side of it and um, things like that, just being around the water.
0: Yeah. So uh, in, in, In the States, we have what's called summer league, which is basically, you know, uh, lots of kids have have their summer league teams, and they kind of do practices, but mostly like it's about the meets and it's about racing um, in the summertime. Is there anything like that in Australia where you know that just something that gets kids involved, and kind of gets them exposed to what the sport of swimming is?
1: Um, Yeah, we have like lots of club meets um, all around the country. So um, for me, that's probably what I grew up doing and um, also school swimming. I think we started from like around grade three, we started doing the school carnival. So um, that kind of introduces you to a little bit of racing and then um, through club swimming, there's different meets, like local meets. And then um, we have club night. I grew up doing that every Friday night, so that kind of um and that was like more of a social thing as well like just being around my friends and stuff so yeah
0: nice is it can you tell me a little bit more about club night that sounds pretty fun
1: um club night oh they had like a different stroke each week you'd always do a 50 freestyle 100 freestyle or something and then um then they'd have a different stroke each week but I remember when I was young, I think you can even do like the 25-meter freestyle. Um, And I would like be happy being at club night with all my friends and stuff. But then when it was time to race, I'd be behind the blocks. And then the guy who would blow the whistle or like do the starting thing, I'd just freak out about him and like and about the noise and stuff and just get down and run away. (laughs) So I think it took me a few weeks to like get into actually Wanting to race, but the rest of it, I love the social side and just like <laughs> playing handball and whatever we did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little Emma McKeon just running away. From the blocks. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, how, so how, how young did you start like competing in meets like that?
1: Um club night, mm, I'm not really sure, maybe around six. Um, okay. yeah, but probably for actual like competitions, um, like local competitions and school carnivals was probably around 10 or 11. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So, uh, so I mean, so you've been around swimming for, for quite a while. Uh, it's, it's, it sounds like it's in your blood, <laughs> uh, <laughs> from, you know, your parents having a swim school. It sounds like your siblings. Did your sister is she older? She's younger. Younger. Does she swim also?
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. She grew up swimming as well. She um swam right through till the end of school, and then she kind of took a gap year and traveled overseas and stuff. Um. So she stopped swimming then.
0: Gotcha. Uh. That's another thing. That that's one thing about Australia. I've always liked. You guys seem to have a mentality of especially when you're younger that, that traveling abroad traveling internationally is kind of more of a priority um did you ever think have, have you ever studied or traveled abroad just kind of for fun or for education at all
1: um I've never traveled for education or anything um but um I've just done a bit of traveling like off the back of different international meets so that's been good um, but, yeah, I never really had the chance to study abroad or anything like that. Um, but I do university here, so that keeps me relatively busy.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite place to, that you have traveled to internationally?
1: Um, well, before 2017 um, Worlds, we did a bit of traveling around um, Europe. So I loved that. Um, and then after 2016, that was when my sister was um, – traveling overseas. I met her over in um, Europe and we went to Portugal and Morocco. So that was pretty cool.
0: Nice. What, what do you enjoy about Europe?
1: Um, probably just so different to Australia um, and just the culture and like each country kind of seems a bit different. So yeah, just like experiencing new things.
0: Yeah yeah that's <clears throat> that is cool I remember that I feel the same way about the U.S. and Europe the first time I went there was like it's kind of hard to put your finger on but culturally it's very mm-hmm. different and it's very cool to be immersed in in such a different world than what you're used to on a day-to-day basis yeah, yeah. sorry I digress so back to swimming <clears throat> uh so you said that you kind of gave up your other sports when you were 16. Um, is there, was there kind of an aha moment for you in swimming at all where you're like, oh, okay, like I might be pretty good at this or this might be something I really want to pursue into the future.
1: Um, well, when I was younger, like I always wanted to be a swimmer and cause I grew up watching swimming on TV and everything. So I always, wanted to be like the best people who I was watching then. Um, And um, I mean, it probably wasn't, I made junior teams around 15, 16, um, and then made my first senior team for a short course team in 2010. So I was 15 then, um, which was quite young, I reckon, to be on a senior team with people that are so much older than you. Um, And especially me then, like, I don't looking back now I don't think I like trained very hard um <laughs> or like put a lot into it so I was quite young to be going away on something with professionals um so it was kind of, it was an experience um it was amazing but it was still like very eye opening so it wasn't probably till I moved up to Queensland from Wollongong that I was like um it was more like that this is what I'm going to do now and what I'm going to spend however long, like putting my hard work into.
0: Yeah. What was that first? Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that first senior trip when you were 15? Um, I mean, you kind of said looking back on it, you know, I've kind of had some time to, to to realize these things, but how did you feel about it um, when you were there being with the team that was so much older than you?
1: Um. It, I was very nervous and um, like oh, like just didn't really know what to expect, I think, um, being away with all of these people. And I was lucky because my dad was my coach um, when I was younger and back in Wollongong. So he came away with me. He was on the team as well. Um, so that was nice to have him there. Um, made it a bit more comforting. So, um, but, yeah, I, was, I still remember it being pretty um, – daunting because I mean I grew up watching everyone on tv and stuff and then it was kind of just on this short course team with a lot of them so um yeah (laughs) but I was lucky I had um Cotty um who is still on the team now she was on that team as well so she's the same age as me and we grew up um racing together so it was nice to have another young one on there
0: it's nice and so what meet was this
1: that was um short course World champs in um do uh, in Dubai.
0: Okay, and yeah. w- what did you end up swimming at that meet?
1: Um, I think it was like fifty and hundred free and fly. I think I don't really remember that well. And um, relays.
0: That's a pretty big schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm did- yeah, pretty sure it was it was around those kind of events. There was no two hundreds or anything that I did then.
0: Gotcha. Uh I mean yeah, but for your first meet, that's like it's a lot of races. I mean, do you do you did you have takeaways from that meet? Like, do you remember coming off of that meet and being like, okay, this is this is what I'm gonna do heading forward?
1: Um, well, no, because after that meet, I actually that was one of my points that I retired <laughs> from swimming. Um what? yeah, so I finished that meet in December and then by January, I think, I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so I stopped swimming um, for a little bit, um, just decided it wasn't really what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I wanted to be able to do all the things with my friends and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I've been a bit – like, during those teenage years, I was a bit in and out of the sport, um, trying to work out if I actually wanted to do it or not.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so so we got to finish. I mean, obviously that didn't last.
1: (laughs) No, it didn't last. Um, I I think uh, I had probably, I don't know, maybe six months off then. Um, Mm -hmm. That was in 2010. And then I tried to make um, the Olympic team in 2012, Mm -hmm. um, which I missed. Um, I made it into the final of the 103 and I think I got seventh so I was one spot off making the team um, and my brother made it and my other training partner Jared Port made it um, and I was just so upset that I didn't make it um, but like I didn't work hard enough <laughs> to make an <laughs> Olympic team especially in Australia so like there's no way I should have been on it anyway but I was so upset. So that was and then after that, went back to swimming for a little bit, and then I was like, mm, nah, that's enough." <laughs> so I stopped then as well, um, because I was I knew that I wanted to make an Olympics, but I was like, four years that's so long, I'm not going to swim for another four years just to make the Olympics, so I stopped after that as well, and then um, then I made the team. I came back I can't remember how long I had off then maybe another six months or something and then came back and then I made 2013 for relays and that's kind of I haven't stopped since then I've been going since then
0: (laughs) that's awesome you've already had two
1: comebacks (laughs) I don't know if you can really count on that if I was that young but yeah uh
0: that's fair but so Mm. I, I mean tell me a little bit about that just was it just that you wanted to, you know, like you said, socialize? Was there something that kept, I guess, what kept pulling you back to swimming? Um, because obviously there's a lot of reasons where it's, swimming's hard, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of things to be like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Um, what kept, what, what kept making you come back?
1: Um, I think it was more the social side that kept me coming back. Cause I had a lot of friends in swimming um across the country but mainly in my squad um who I grew up with training um so that kind of kept me coming back I reckon um and then also the fact that I knew that I was kind of good at it so like I wanted to do something I was good at as well and um yeah yeah and I, I, I loved racing as well, going away for meets and things like that. So I did miss that kind of thing. But it, I'd say it was mainly the social side and um, being able to do something that I knew I could be good at.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> when when you did take those six-month hiatuses, w- did you get bored not having yeah, I got bored. your friends? Yeah.
1: yeah, because I mean, I still saw them, but I because I was in Wollongong, so it's kind of, it's not like a huge city town anyway, but um, so I still saw them, but I think I was just like, well, what am I doing now? Like I'm just going to school and which is that's normal, but I think because I was used to also swimming and used to doing other things as well. So I was kind of like, well, what am I working towards now? (laughs) So I think that also helped me like made me get back into it because, I think I always liked um working for something. And even though if I didn't really train that hard when I was young, I still liked um I don't know, just having a passion for something probably.
0: Yeah, I mean and I'm sure you still had goals, even if you yeah, weren't still had goals. Yeah, like you said, even if you weren't like giving it a hundred percent, it still still makes a difference yeah. certainly to have something to work towards, like you said.
1: Yeah, and I think also from that young age, like I didn't know how to work hard then. I hadn't yet learned how to um, put everything into it and um, train hard every day and things like that. So um, it wasn't until I got older that I learned how to do that. And I think that was through like training with um, other athletes and training, like learning from older athletes as well, seeing how they work hard in training. And, um, when my brother started swimming, when he made Olympics and stuff, I saw how hard he was working. And I think that also helped me to kind of, Mm. yeah, just know how to work hard. You have to learn how to do that. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, agreed. That is definitely a learned skill. Uh, when, when you made the team in Barcelona, so it's 2013 worlds, um, did I'm I'm guessing that was a little bit of a different experience than 2010 short course.
1: Um, yeah, it was a different experience. Um, I think cause it was like the major team of the year as well. Um, and I was a bit older. Um, my dad was away on that one as well. Cause he was my coach then and my brother David was on that as well. Um, so I kind of, I knew a few more people on that one um, and yeah, it was more enjoyable that year.
0: Yeah so say, same question you know coming off of that meet <clears throat> what what were your takeaways or did you have kind of a a new a new fire a new passion of like okay i i really want to sink my teeth into this
1: um well going away with all of those athletes probably inspired me to keep going i came off that meet seeing them all trained during the staging camp and racing and how they kind of, um, handled themselves around meets and stuff. And I think, so off that I kind of learned from that and wanted to replicate what they were doing. Um, so that's kind of what I did leading into the next year. Um, and that's when I moved up to Queensland was in at the start of 2014. So, um, yeah, just seeing all of the other athletes on the team in 2013 being professional and just doing what they were doing. um, Yeah, that kind of made me take it more seriously and um, just do what they were doing, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, So can you explain something to me? Uh, Just how, how universities work here is that most, most universities are like four year programs. So like a high school student will go to a university, they'll, they'll swim for four years there. They, you know, they have four years of eligibility and then they can like become a professional swimmer after they're done with their schooling. And it's you know kind of expected that like you do the school and swim at the same time. And like, then you kind of finish your degree about the same time you finish swimming and then you can either Go be a professional swimmer, or you can go get a job. Uh, so you you moved up to university in, in Queensland in 2014, he said.
1: Yeah, I didn't move for uni though. I just moved. Oh, okay. Um, I just moved to because I had my dad coaching me, and he said to both me and David, like, why don't you try having a coach that's not your dad and see if you like it? Because he wanted to give us that opportunity to um, see if we one of the different coaches because we'd never kind of experienced that before. So, um, that's kind of why we moved up here. And, um, yeah, so we moved for swimming, not for uni. And then I just did uni as well. Um, just cause I think it's important to be doing something else outside of swimming.
0: That's the sign of a good parent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a good parent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Good. I mean, that's, that's very cool when, when a coach makes it about the athlete and says you know yeah 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 go try something else so I mean I'm I'm guessing that was a pretty big change for you you know you're around 18 having someone coach you who's not your dad for the first time what was that like
1: um it was very different because I was used to um just being able to like I was very comfortable with my dad so I could just say oh I don't really want to do that today or (laughs) Like it wasn't, um, it was definitely hard for him to coach me, I think, because he was my dad and my coach. So it's kind of a hard balance, I think. Um, so, as his daughter and someone that he coaches, I could quite easily take the easy option or, um, I don't know, just muck around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it wasn't until I moved up here and had a different coach. I had Vince Riley as my coach when I first moved up here. And so um, you don't want to miss sessions. You don't want to, you want to do everything they're saying because, um, you yeah, know, no, it's just different because it's not your dad.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you talked about how uh, you kind of had to learn how, how to work hard, how to, how to build that work ethic. Did, was that a learning curve as well in terms of, um you know were there were there times where you're like well I want to do I, I don't really want to do that and the coach was like well you have to um
1: no I don't think I really did that when I moved up here um okay. but like when I was with my dad and I knew how to push myself and um when we had main sets and things I definitely knew how to push myself hard and um go after fast times and stuff because I know that I did fast times back then, but I think it was about consistently um, the consistency thing. I probably wasn't very good at with when I was there um, and I hated long aerobic swimming. So I would get in and be happy to do fast stuff. Um, but it was just the long aerobic stuff that that's what I would want to miss out on <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when I was back then. So when I was up here, like I think, just learning from other athletes and um Kylie palmer was in the squad then so i trained with her and um she'd been like right up there with the best in the world for so many years so seeing how she trained and um showed me like this is what you need to do to kind of if you want to be great at what you're doing this is what you have to do you have to do stuff that you don't like
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean i think that's to me that's um a little funny, a little ironic that, you know, you, you maybe weren't the most consistent trainer as, as a younger athlete, because, you know, I was reading some of a couple articles before our interview, and I was reading some of the comments that people were were leaving about you. And they're like, she's the most consistent athlete on, on swimming Australia. You know, it's like you, you can, you, you pretty consistently for the last, I don't know, half decade, at least have, have, uh, been been someone that swimming Australia seemingly can lean pretty heavily upon and you're 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 always gonna you're always showing up at the races. Which is it seems like you you learned that consistency and and have been able to practice it and carry it out pretty well.
1: Yeah, I definitely am consistent now and um I think each year I want to be going faster than I did the year before. So um as soon as one year's done, like my goals for the next year, they're always faster and I always want to go faster than I did. I always want to be improving my times and things like that. So um, that's what I train for every year is to just beat what I did last year and um, yeah, achieve the goals that I set out for myself and what I worked with my coach on um, for that year. So I think that just having that kind of drive is, is what helps me to be consistent, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what can you pinpoint on what, and what motivates you? What, what, how do you, how do you have that drive?
1: Um, I think I am goal driven. So I've always got those goals in the back of my mind. Um, and I think I've got, self-belief in myself now. So I know that I'm capable of um, doing really good things in my races. So I think having that is what motivates me now. Like I want to live up to what I think I can do kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that makes, makes total sense. Um, So I mean, since you switched coaches uh, from from your dad to, and moved up to Queensland, um, in 2013, 14, do you feel like it's been kind of that steady progression of getting better and better and better each year, or has the, have there been, you know, physical or personal setbacks for you along that road?
1: Um, there's definitely been a lot of setbacks, um, just growing up, I think. And, um, things that probably a lot of people go through um and moving out of home like that was a big thing for me being away from my family was a big thing and just going through all kinds of different um learning things I guess so um there have been years where I haven't gone as well as I wanted to or um haven't actually progressed from the year before and things like that so it's not as if I have just improved my times every year or anything like that um there's been yeah just all learning things I guess and I think that's what has gotten me to where I am now because I do learn from what I go through and become stronger from it and even though it might be different things might be hard at the time I know that I come out the other side stronger a stronger person and that's what I think makes me a stronger athlete
0: yeah Uh, I mean I think I think the every, when everyone moves out of their house for the first time, I think that's always a pretty significant transition. Um, can you take me through a little bit of what that was like for you? Just kind of, again, yeah, like you said, living out of the house away from your family for the first time, not even uh, with swimming, just kind of being away from them and being on your own.
1: Um, well, my family is very close. So, um, And we've always been like that. So I think it was hard moving away from them for that reason. Um, Me and David both moved up. So I still had my brother with me. Um, But it was still hard being away from that, like the five of us together. Um, And then also being away from my friends back in Wollongong that I grew up with and went to school with. Um, I found that hard because, um, I mean, coming up, it's not the same friendships that you've had your whole life. It is different and I found that hard being away from them so yeah it's kind of just yeah learning along the way getting stronger and um yeah I knew that I I knew I wanted to be up there um for my swimming and I was enjoying enjoying it when I moved so um kind of just have to get through those harder bits on the side of it I guess
0: yeah and when did you start taking university classes then
1: um 2014 okay I started yeah just doing I just kind of ticked off one or two subjects per um, semester so I'm nearly done now but it's taken a long time
0: (laughs) I mean that you know it it takes it takes a long time like you said but do you feel like that's been a good way to do that because I feel like especially if you're balancing something like you know a significant swimming career like that seems like a good way to do it
1: yeah it was good because I mean I wasn't going to go and get a full-time job on the side of swimming anyway so um it's not as if I could have used a degree (laughs) still even now anyway so it's fine to do it like that because I'll get a job once I'm finished swimming and I can use it then (laughs) So I didn't yeah. really need to rush into finishing any degrees or anything like that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. I don't, again, I, I would say that's not the norm in the United States, but I, I kind of feel like maybe it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so you you're training in Queensland and uh, t- I mean, take me through the Olympic prep. You had, you had missed it in 2012. Um, heading into 2016, were you pretty confident in, in what you could do at at the trials?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I was obviously really nervous because it's an Olympic trial. So that fact just puts more pressure on it. Um, it makes it so much more exciting as well. Um, so I was definitely really nervous, but I, I knew I was training really well in the lead up to it and. Um, really enjoying my swimming and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I knew that I could swim well there.
0: I mean, what, what was the moment like when you when you realized you made your first Olympic team?
1: Um, it was pretty cool. I I was on. I made it on night two in the hundred fly, um, and David made it in the four hundred free on the first night. So um, it was cool watching him make it. And I think once you've made it, it, kind of just lifts that nervousness of it being an Olympic trials that just lifts off and then you can kind of just race the rest of your races exactly how, just a bit more relaxed, just having that little bit of nervousness off the top. Um, but, yeah, it was cool to realise that I was like, okay, now I'm actually going to the Olympics. I've raced well enough to be able to, say I'm going so I think that was pretty cool
0: yeah uh and I mean and then to go to to go to your first Olympics um and to perform the way you did was that kind of like a cherry on top
1: um definitely yeah I I wasn't I hadn't really thought too much I don't think about medals and things um I knew I I wanted to win an Olympic medal and I wanted to like swim better than I've ever swum before um there um but I think it wasn't till the week was over because it was just such a a week of like of just a roller coaster of up and down like it was crazy and then so to finish it off um and look back and then I had four medals like it was kind of overwhelming because I had a big program there as well so it was kind of like finish one race put it aside, go the next. So it's kind of, you don't really have time to, um, I don't know, just like soak it up, I guess, because we won the um, four by one on the first night. So that's obviously a huge high. And then you've still got seven more days <laughs> to go or something like that. So it's kind of like not till you get to the end that you can look back and be like, wow.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I mean, can you take us through that week a little bit? Because, um, like you said, you look back four medals at the 2016 Olympics: gold in the four by 100 free relay, silver in the four by two, silver in the medley medley relay, and then bronze in the 200 freestyle individually. Um, I mean, and and you, I mean, you swam the 100 fly individually as well. So between all of those, I mean, that's a like you said, that's a big program. Um, you you don't have to, you know, hit every day, but you, you said there, it was, it's a lot of ups and downs. Can you take me through some of those?
1: Um, well, having the relay on the first night, um, was obviously a huge high. And then also that morning having done my first heat swim, so it was my first swim at an Olympics ever. So that's a huge thing as well. And then going into the night and doing my semi for the hundred fly, And then doing the relay and then being so excited about it, but then also being like, okay, seven more days, I can't just like, (laughs) I don't know. You kind of have to contain yourself a little bit because emotional energy is energy. So, um, yeah, you kind of have to be a bit careful as well Um, and then try and go to sleep and then come back the next night and do my 100 fly final, which I was really disappointed in um and then have to get over that and then come back the next morning and do the 200 free heats like it's just it was just really busy um and i'd i'd swum a huge program in a lot of um, meets before that but i think doing it at an olympics that was an experience like i probably wasn't prepared for i don't think anything can really prepare you for doing that at an olympics because i'd never been to the olympics before so i didn't really know like what it was about being a part of it and what to expect kind of thing so i think now that i've done that like going into the next ones i'm a lot more prepared for how to manage myself and having done a big programming every year like i just get more experience and learn more every year about doing that
0: yeah we're at at those olympics you know, obviously you can look back and say, okay, maybe this is, you know, this is, this is what I've learned, but within those eight days, were there things that you kind of had to teach yourself or had to pick up on the fly that you remember? Um, it's like, okay, no, I can't, I can't do this. I have to do this. Um, or I have to do such and such this way.
1: Um, I think just, because I was, especially leading into my 203, because that was around day four and five, I think that was. Um, I think that I was really nervous for that one. Um, And so I think just like that showed me how strong I was because um, being so nervous and being like going through so many ups and downs and just like kind of once I got – behind the blocks or got in the marshalling room, just putting all of it aside and just getting up on the blocks and just doing the best that I could do. I think that showed me how strong I was. Um, And that's something I still take with me now is being able to push aside all those like nervousness and um, might have doubts and things like that, just pushing it aside and just doing what I needed to do and doing what I knew I knew how to do kind of thing
0: yeah that's cool um yeah it's it's great to, it's great to hear insight like that um especially from from someone who is so who has had so much success in the pool to to kind of bring it back down to earth and realize everyone goes through these kinds of ups and downs especially these mm-hmm. big meets um, yeah because they are they're a lot um
1: yeah it's a lot because you care about it and work hard for it and like that's probably that's why you get nervous is because you do care (laughs) Yeah, that kind of just brings it back down as well i think
0: that's a a good point that's yeah that makes a lot of sense for sure yeah um so pivoting to almost an opposite um i'd like to talk about the the first season of isl you were part of the london roar And what was it like, uh, being in an environment like that, which, which I'm guessing, you know, it's, it's a little different, uh, a lot more relaxed, but still that kind of excitement and, and hype heading into the races.
1: Um, yeah, I would say that the ISL was more exciting to be like more exciting to race because you're a part of a team and because swimming is quite individual you're part of a team on the ISL and you're racing for points for your team. So, um, I mean, we don't do anything like that over here in Australia. So um, that was a whole new experience for me and um, just to be a part of a team with athletes from all over the world, that was pretty cool. Um, And it just brought like a whole new level of enjoyment to my swimming, I think. And um, I came from that just like with a lot more drive and um yeah just enjoyment you most of me
0: yeah D- did you have a particularly favorite uh meet in that season one of isl or, or a particular memory or something that you look back on and you're like yeah this was this was a highlight for sure
1: um i think just that isl in general would have been a highlight just being a part of that team and um everyone on london wall was really close and really friendly and um we kind of just all got behind each other and um, loved being on a team together so I'd say the whole thing and then obviously making it to the final in Vegas um that whole experience was pretty cool just like I mean doing a swimming meet in Vegas there isn't anything that I mean yeah none of us would have ever thought we'd be doing a meet in Vegas so um that was pretty cool
0: yeah (laughs) did you get to did you, did you travel at all, uh, after or before that meet in Vegas?
1: Um, no, cause we had all that travel going, um, over to America and then, oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Budapest and then came back to Australia and then went over to London, then came back to Australia, then went over to Vegas and then came back to Australia for Christmas. So I think I'd done <laughs> enough traveling. <to> perhaps, <laughs> I didn't really need to do stuff around it.
0: <laughs> um, do you ever get used to, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm guessing for international meets for, for swimming period, you travel a lot where it's a big time difference. Do, do you ever get used to that?
1: Um, I think I'm used to it because it's just what we do. Like there's no, um, I think when we travel to Asia, it's a bit shorter, but um, mm. we just know that going overseas is a huge flight. So kind of just, just how it is Is to get used to it anything.
0: Is there anything that you have learned from doing big flights like that, especially just in the ISL season? Like you said, you're going back and forth a few times. I mean, is, how do, how do you manage a big travel like that or adjusting that much to a time shift?
1: Um. Well, I think if I was to do ISL again or do some sort of meet like that where I'm going back and forth, I'd probably just stay in the same spot for a while instead of coming all the way back to Australia. Um, Because like from Europe, it's like a nine hour flight to Dubai and then from Dubai to Australia is like a 14 or 15 hour flight. So um, it's huge. So I'd probably just stay in the same spot. But Um, I think like everyone, there's so many different things you can try to like get over jet lag quicker or things like that. But for me, I've just worked out if I want to sleep on the plane at any point, don't look at what the time zone's doing or anything, just sleep because you're going to be tired from the travel anyway. So I just, if I want to sleep, I sleep, (laughs) (laughs) I don't follow any rules about even like when you get there, don't sleep, whatever. I just, if I'm tired, I'm going to (laughs) sleep.
0: I, I love that. That's a simple rule.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just keep it keep keep it simple.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> when you travel for competitions, just in general, are there certain things that you like to do, or certain routines that you like to ha- set up um, when you get somewhere?
1: Um, I don't think so. I I like to swim. Like if even if I've just traveled like here down to Sydney or something I like to swim that day if there's a meet the next day just to kind of swim out the flight a bit um but I don't really have any certain routines I kind of just see what I can do when I get there and yeah
0: yeah um so bring bringing it back to the present you know like you said uh Queensland especially has has, hasn't had a ton of complications with COVID I mean do you what what has it been like to be in 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 such a in such a pure part of the world right now
1: (laughs) pure um it's it is good and i am grateful to be here um because you see what's happening across america and um europe and like the whole world um it is quite scary so um you know seeing the news and everything um yeah we don't i don't think we really understand what it's like um to be living over in countries where it a a lot worse so um i am grateful to be safe and be here and be able to train and everything like that so yeah
0: the we've you know being especially working for a news website we've reported a lot on the olympic you know the 2021 olympics and there's certainly speculation on if it will occur or not. Um, Do you have just a personal feeling on whether or not uh, the, these Olympics will be able to move forward? And if so, you know, if the Olympics did occur, do you feel like it would, it would be beneficial?
1: Um, Well, obviously like we all want the Olympics to go ahead. Um, And I think, I mean, we don't know um, what's going to happen. It could go either way. So I'm just training as if it's going ahead. Um, and for me, whether it goes ahead or not, um, I still want to put fast times, like race some fast times at um, whatever it is. And um, yeah, my mindset is just it's going ahead, and I'm going to train like it is. So, um, but obviously, I think there's so many things to consider. Um, and like lives are the most important thing compared to a sporting event.
0: Agreed. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. Good insight. Uh, from yeah. my opinion, at least. Um, so, so moving forward, just for you in the next couple weeks, couple months, um, have you got anything on your schedule, or what's training going to look like
1: um, for the next few months? Um, we're trying to do uh, a meet some sort of racing, um, each month leading up to um, our trials in June. So, um, obviously that depends because our borders from state to state change all the time with, um, different rises of cases in different areas. So depending on what happens there, um, but we're hoping to race at least once a month leading up to that. Um, and then kind of just do what we had planned to do last year, which was exactly that bit of racing. And then, um, same kind of training schedule
0: um a final question do you, you know i know your trials were typically in april ish for for bigger meets and um they've kind of moved to a june um is that do you, is that impact you at all uh do you like that better do you kind of wish it was back to april or do you have an opinion on that move
1: Um, I mean, I think you just, wherever they put it, you're going to race. Um, so I don't really mind where it is, but I do, I do like it being in June because it means that after the major meet the year before, you don't have to rush getting back into training because our trials are going to be in April. So you get a bit of time just to, um, go on a holiday or have a break and then build back into it a lot slower, um, and have the time to work on other things. Like I think since they've change that to June over here I've been able to do big gym blocks and get a lot stronger rather than just getting straight back into doing quality swimming work um so yeah it's given me a chance to work on other things which I think that's made me um a lot better at what I do
0: I I didn't even think about that but that makes a lot of sense and that does seem like a positive thing for sure getting yeah getting getting that tail end room to have a little bit of flexibility yeah. um, that's super cool well um emma i really appreciate you taking the time to come on you've been very generous with your with your time and perspective um any parting thoughts before we sign off today
1: um i don't think so just thanks for having me on good to chat